Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal, Slow Beef. Exciting news. We're actually all in the same country tonight. Wow. Wow. I know. So much so that I can interrupt the introductions for that reason. Anyway, with me, of course, is Devious Vacuum. Hey, what's up, party people? <laughs> uh, my, my good friend, Aaron Ronan. I'm very jet-lagged. My good friend, Jim. Hey, everybody. My good friend, Turbo C. And come see us next time when we all fly to Japan. Yay. Hell yeah. It's it's Visual Novel Book Club World Tour. If we raise enough <laughs> money, we'll all fly to Japan and record from Orin's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in this country for just a little more than 24 hours now, and I'm still not used to it. So hopefully I won't be too tired. It's a pretty big adjustment. <laughs> yeah. It's only what, like a like 10 hour difference or something like that? It's only the almost the maximum amount of hours. So, so I left. I left Japan on Wednesday at six p.m. and I arrived in mm-hmm. the U.S. at Wednesday at six p.m. That's weird. <laughs> wow, that is that's kind of awesome, though. Yeah. What did you do on the flight? What did you play? Did you play this game? I did play this game a little bit. Nice. Cool. Wow, you you got to time travel all this time after <laughs> Steins Gate. Did uh, did people look over and see Giselle's wild honkers <laughs> on screen? <laughs> and they're just like, "Wow, he's bringing some culture to this country." That's that's my mo- that's my motorcycle gang. I actually played the next chapter, which none of you have played played yet, right? No, no, yet. no. So it's surprisingly um, appropriate. I bet it fucking pops off. I'm excited. Yeah. Ooh. Anywho, this time we what did we read? We read the house in Fata Morgana, the story behind the story. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that terrible name. And you thought, whose story is this going to be? Michelle's story or Morgana's story? Well, it's Morgana's story. I hope you're all fucking happy because we're about to talk about Morgana's story, which sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but first, we're greeted with a. Uh... Small little, I guess, uh, flashback to Giselle talking to us. And really, the only important thing that happened in this conversation was that she said that she likes beefy boys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which I hope hope was slang back in the uh, 11th century and has never changed in (laughs) a thousand years. She had like she's like oh you can practice talking by pre- by talking to me oh we also learn their ages uh, we know Giselle's twenty and Michelle is twenty seven yeah I gave you an opportunity to guess did everyone guess twenty no. yes yeah I did too no okay what 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 did you guess eighteen oh what did she say was she flattered yes she said really no I'm twenty ah. That's, I mean, she said it earlier. Yeah, she did. I just forgot and just clicked on something. I wonder what you would say if you guessed she was 30. She would probably be upset at you. That would be amazing. I uh, I feel like I guessed, was 25 one of the options? Like, not quite 30, but yeah, I think that's the one I guessed. Yeah, there was like a mid-20s option. Yeah, I was wondering if that was like actually her age, and then I said it was 20, and she's like, yeah, you're right. Ding 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 ding! You win the Fata Morgana. You win Fata Morgana coins. 
and you know. <laughs> Uh, we did it. Morgana coin. That's what you need to get to the top of the tower at the end. Yeah. Keep going back to the <laughs> casino in the cellar. Or you can, like, buy them if you really need to, you know? Yeah, but they cost blood, so... Oh, they cost real money, yeah. The Fata, the Fata Morgana microtransactions. <laughs> <laughs> so, we learn, um... We hear more... We hear Giselle's backstory again, and then she asks Michelle about his backstory, and... He talks about his family again. He's not sure if his brothers are still... This is in the context of, like, he's remembering, like, right before... Like, after his father died, and they're not sure if they're gonna go back or not. And Michelle's not sure if his brothers are still his allies. Um, Michelle is frustrated by how Giselle can communicate her emotions and read him so well, but he can't communicate um, very well, like, the same way. Um, We go down a list... I think of of questions to yeah that we can practice talking with Giselle about, um, and the the next question is tell me your preferences and uh, Giselle's like oh how forward of you and then like Turbo said she talks about how her first crush was the son of a blacksmith and he was huge and muscular. Oh Giselle, you're not helping. <laughs> well, also Michelle was just like you know that your preferences could mean anything. Didn't have to be like. Alright, fine, we're going this way, I guess. Yeah, so then so then Michelle's like, okay, well, maybe I did have a crush on someone, or at least I admired someone, and he says, when I was 14, I had a crush on my brother's fiance. her name was Amy, and that's it. So this also was to establish, I guess, the fact that they're, uh, I mean, this is 1099, so they're obviously straight. both virgins, but yeah, the fact that they're both straight... <laughs> And, like, very inexperienced and don't, like, haven't, it's not like they've dated a lot of people or anything. Or anyone. Or e- maybe ever dated, they've never dated anyone. Wow. Well. Mm-hmm. Um, as they reflect on their inexperience, there's sexual tension between them, so they're like, oh, let's move on. Um, the last question that he asks her is, do you like being here? And she says yes, because she can relax around Michelle. Um... And there's continued, like, cute awkwardness of Michelle, like, kind of having feelings for Giselle and realizing that he has feelings. Um, and then Morgana comes in and is like, you must never reclaim your old selves. Become my loyal servants, always at my side, and curse them with me, my dears. And there's blood on the screen. And Michelle wakes up in the rocking chair, like we did at the beginning of the game, but there's blood everywhere. Uh, the whole house is bleeding, uh, just like the ending of Houseu. <laughs> of what? And I, I, I love Michelle here. He's just sort of like, I don't remember it being like this. I didn't look <laughs> yeah. it this way. Ankle deep blood in, in the on the floors, yes. and it smells <laughs> like you know, like that whatever metal that metal blood scent in the air. Mm-hmm. It- so because it reminds me of the campy Japanese old horror movie uh, House, just called House. Oh, uh, I have heard of that. With the with the cat and the old lady and the man who gets turned into bananas. Oh, I didn't. All right, I did not know that. <laughs> what? There's a man who gets turned into bananas in that movie. Come on, hold on, cha- we're changing the entire subject of this podcast. <laughs> it's very good. You should definitely watch it if you have not. It's just it's. It's commonly referred to as Hausu, um, but that's just 
like saying the word house with a Japanese accent. I don't know. Like like Ringu to like kind of yeah. differentiate between ring and the ring. Yeah, and yeah, I got it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's uh campy and like kind of psychedelic. Uh, it's very campy, I should say. You know what? It, it reminded me of the campy movie House with Richard Mall from Night Court. It was like this horror movie in the eighties about this guy who had like PTSD from Vietnam, and his like old partner was haunting him. Oh, jeez! Wow, that sounds much more serious than this movie. Oh no, not even a little. No, oh, no. <laughs> it was just a lighthearted take on PTSD. It was no, it absolutely <laughs> like as th- what I just said was like as deep as it got. Wow. You know. <laughs> It was just like, and then like, cause the guy's haunting him and then like his way of beating the ghost is like, I'm not afraid of you anymore, Ben. And like, cause I remember when I was a kid when I saw it, like my brother in the theater and like Ben cuts off his like hand with a machete, but he really didn't. It was just him being afraid. And then he realized his hand's actually there. He's like, I'm not afraid of you anymore. And back then I was like, you know, yeah, beat the ghost. And now I could be like, yeah, wait a sec. It was about PTSD. What the fuck? Like, you know, like why, <laughs> why is Ben really the bad guy here? But anyway, so, uh, but he was, cause he's a ghost is the point. Mm. From that all ghosts are bad period of, yeah. uh, cinema of course right so now now the whole house is bleeding um the house is covered in blood blood's coming down the walls the floor is filling up with blood so michelle has found himself in a in a nightmare house uh to begin his trial to prove himself to morgana to get giselle back just so we all remember why he's here um Mm -hmm. This is the most video game chapter yep. <laughs> of the house in Rata Morgana. Yeah. You literally have to get tricky and unlock a door. I kind of <laughs> wish mm-hmm. that this was a video game. <laughs> you mean this part specifically or the whole thing? Yeah, like I kind of wish that you had to play this. Um, or at least like you had to like move around. Do like little mini games like uh, what was it uh, Dream Daddy did? Yes, yeah. yes, but it's just going around the house. I was wishing it's a third-person character action, where, like, like Bayonetta or a Platinum game, where you're just like, I, I don't even know who you'd be fighting. I guess just Yukimaza and his army of beasts that look like cl- electric clouds. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I want to be like Zelda, and anytime time you get a key, you get that little chime that you solved the puzzle. Yes! Yes, <laughs> yes so Michelle just holds it over his head. <laughs> so michelle he's already like in a bad way like he's already like heavy he kind of has to like drag himself around um he goes to the chapel to the door to the observation tower and finds that it is chained shut with shiny black chains and three padlocks and he remembers that the man in the painting gave him a key so he goes there and he says, hey, painting man, what's the deal with these three padlocks? This takes much longer than yeah. what I'm describing. This takes a very long time. The painting man is there, but he's distorted. Uh, he, the painting like, is smeared with blood. Yeah, he can't. He's like, why is it so red? And It's just very, it's very disturbing the way that the painting man is inhibited. His dialogue is all fucked up. It's all like, yes, what? It's all like that drawn out text. Or repeating himself very quickly. He's glitched and save stating himself. Yeah. <laughs> so the painting uh, 
the painting surmises that the keys are related to what happened between Morgana and the three men, um, Mel, Yukimasa, and Jacopo. And the painting warns us that we should go visit them in order. And uh, the painting realizes that we're Michelle, and he starts to apologize to us, but then he's gone. And Michelle's like, could you be? And then just trails off and doesn't finish his thought. So we don't get to know who the painting man is until we hear Michelle's real backstory. Yep. Mm. So if you go in the wrong order, then you just die. Um, and it says end yeah. zero dead end. It's not particularly interesting. It's the same thing every time. Yeah, it's not, it's not even like an ending. Is it? I, mean, I, I just did it once with, with the den. Yeah. So in, in, the, in the den, you get shot by Jacopo, and if you go to the cellar, he's... You get killed by Bestia, yeah. Well, yeah, but it just gives yeah. you the ending zero. It doesn't, like, change up which one you got. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's different in the sense that everything leading up to it is different, but, you know, it's also kind of like, yeah, whatever. Because nothing, nothing really happens between the two that's like, it's, it's still ending zero. The circumstance is zero, but just the end screen just says, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And you get the same, like, at first I was like, oh, because at first I chose the the wrong door and went and got killed by Bestia, and there's a memory of Giselle and Michelle, and she's like, are we a couple now? Let's hold hands. And he just, like, shakes her hand. Um, But I think that happens no matter what. Uh, So, anyway. First we go to the Rose Garden for Mel. Mel's shadow appears. He's muttering about how he wants to leave, and he's saying stuff like, Oh God, tell me I'm not the bad one here. Uh, Michelle finally calls, she, he calls out to him and he says, You're Mel Rhodes. And he finally turns around and focuses on Michelle. Uh, Mel confuses the name Michelle and Michelle, and, uh, but he's like, No, I'm not her. Our name just, our names just sound alike in the, uh, like, damn! Damn, son, you even defending yourself to a ghost? Like, won't even drop, won't even drop the act for a ghost? Um, <laughs> so, Mel, uh, Mel's like, well, you're, you can help me too, right? Like, you can get the other keys and you can free me from this place as well. And, uh, Michelle is like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if I really should be. It's not really my place to help you escape. I don't really know what you did. Like, you might have been rightfully cursed by this witch. Unlike me, who's a good boy. Michelle points out that we've only seen a portion of the whole thing. Like, we don't know what else he did in his life. Yeah, he's kind of like, if I hear about your story and I feel like I can save you, then I'll come back and save you. But he doesn't say that. He just has, like, I'm not going to promise you that I can help. And uh, and Mel says, well, I, I had the key, but I dropped it in the rose bushes. And uh, so then Michelle's got to saw his way through this challenge to fucking saw. get a key. Aye. By sticking his arm in, like, horrible, like, metal rose bushes that rip up his whole arm. And he's, Aye. like, in so much pain. And, um... And then Mel is like, oh, I do, and he's like, I can't find the key, and Mel's like, I, I, I actually do have it, I, I just, uh, I didn't give it to you because I, I wanted you to help me, and, uh, and Michelle physically threatens him. Let me gently pull my arm out of all these metal spikes. 
for nothing. To be totally fair, too, I think he had uh, his every right to threaten him after that. I mean, come on now, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. What a fucker. Like, this was the first, like, really, like, it was like, if you weren't sure if Mel deserved it or not, like, this was the whole, like, oh, no, he does. I was fully expecting Mel to be like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. It really is back in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right? Like, he can't, he didn't, he just can't get his story straight. But yeah, he's just a fucker. He had Michelle rip up his whole arm uh, for no reason. Um, really, just like his punishment for not helping him, not agreeing yeah. to help him. Mm. And like, yeah, now now I fully want to help him out. Seems like a very upstanding person. And then Mel says, well, if we if we see Nellie, please do something nice for her. And, and Michelle's like, that's not really my business. <laughs> Good, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Fuck you and fuck your family now. Yeah. All right. Well, I didn't. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I didn't think that through, but still. <laughs> so next we go to the cellar. So we. So he. Yeah. So we get. He gives us the key, and like that was it. Puzzle solved. Like it was not like a big puzzle or anything. It was just like talk to this boy and get the key. Um. Get mad at him and get the key. So then. We go to the cellar to talk to Yukimasa, and he leaps out at us, and, um... And he just gives you the key. He just gives you the fucking key! He's like, oh, you got the key from Mel? It <laughs> you have one already, so, yeah. Yeah. Here's another one. <laughs> and then Yukimasa's like, do you know what's going on? And Michelle's like, nah, dude. And that's their whole conversation. <laughs> well, and Michelle's also like, why didn't you try and, st- like... M- Michelle was fully expecting to, like, have some confrontation. It's like, why didn't you try to attack me or anything? It's like, I didn't feel like it. Yeah, he says something like, things have changed, but then doesn't elaborate at all. And it's just no. like, okay, yeah, these are the most disappointing boss battles I've ever seen. Yeah, there's <laughs> gotta be something more to this, but we don't know what it is yet. And, um, Michelle is, like, putting the pieces together that these men hurt Morgana in their previous lives. Um, oh, Michelle goes to the, then finally goes to the den where the billiard table is, and in his eternal monologue, he's like, I don't know what billiards are. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's really funny. <laughs> and then we, uh, he almost gets shot at, and he's like, I think that's what a gun is supposed to be. Yeah, he doesn't know what anything <laughs> is. So he sees, he sees also an apparition of Giselle, and it's like she's dead. Um, but she's all covered in blood, and he's like, well, this isn't the real Giselle, because the real Giselle doesn't bleed anymore, um, which is really depressing. And then uh, and then she vanishes when he looks away, and uh, yeah, Jacopo shoots Michelle in the head, but he's a ghost, so Michelle doesn't die, and he doesn't know what a gun is, so he can't be killed by one. Womp womp. He's like, you missed, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Gotta bring the brand back in. <laughs> Even Jacopo is like, "Hey, you got you got the keys. You're going to you're going to leave, right?" And um he's like, "Take me with you." And Michelle's like, "Nah." <laughs> but he doesn't just doesn't say anything. And um Jacopo says, "She has to," but then disappears and we get the key. Key get. Mhm. That yeah, really easy boss fights. Um Boss rush completed. <laughs> so then is the actual difficult difficult and horrible reward. Michelle goes and unlocks the locks with the keys and begins climbing the staircase to the up to, up to the top room of the tower. And as he climbs, Morgana reminisces that she uh that he 
once had enough despair to resurrect her, I wrote Junko in all caps here in parentheses for myself, which I forgot until just now. Um, Having enough despair to resurrect Junko Inoshima is the plot of Dengenrama 4. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anyway, but now it's gone. Now his The school of Fata Morgana. Yeah, the super... (laughs) 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 The Fates Peak High School. We already have a high school level... Witch in three. three, three. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Maybe that's Morgana. A real form. It's re- she's reincarnated <laughs> as, oh, God. No, what a what a terrible... They both have... I don't know, we'll see. Um, they both have a bad attitude. <laughs> uh, so, finally, uh, checks watch, 60 hours into the game, uh, Michelle finally asks Morgana about herself. And she actually finally answers, and she's like, well, I'm mostly like a ghost now. I'm not a witch, I'm not a vampire, I'm, I'm a mostly a ghost. And she's like, you know, I'm dead. <laughs> Giselle's dead, you're dead, we're all dead here. And let's, let's not make a whole chapter out of this, so here's my tragic backstory in text form for you, you know? Yeah, um, so he Michelle agrees to... Uh, meld consciousness with Morgana and learn her tragic backstory and basically experience Morgana's life through her and basically if he can endure that level of empathy with Morgana then she'll let him have his girlfriend back. Which is really sad. There's a lot of this. It's very pitiful. <laughs> I just I just wanted someone to listen, and I picked the most roundabout way to do it. Yeah. It's also like the most most goth teen villain thing to be like, you know what? You have to experience the pain that I went through. Oh, it so is. The crow did that actually. Oh no! Yeah. Wow, the pinnacle of of goth at the time. Hmm. That was the thing he did to the final villain, though. Remember, like at the end, he's like. 48 hours of pain all at once by grabbing his head. But, uh, anyway, so, sorry, I was just remembering. Isn't that also what Ghost Rider does? Ooh, you I know what? Don't. Mm. I think so. <laughs> my, and unfortunately, my only experience with Ghost Rider is the Nick Cage movie, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I never saw the Nick Cage movie. Anyway, this is. Let's talk about Margana's tragic backstory. No, I want to talk about. Go- no, okay. Uh, so Morgana was uh, born to a woman who had well Morgana's like I'm just a person I'm not like she says like I'm a ghost of of a person I'm not I'm not a witch I don't have special powers I don't think and she uh tells the story and she says it in a very uncertain very like down to earth way she's like when I was born there had been a drought, and the day that I was born, the rain fell. And she was like, this is purely by coincidence, but people thought that I was a child of God and that I was a saint. Her mom was also saying when uh, she got pregnant, she was like, I, I've never been with a man, and yet I'm with child. So, her, uh... <laughs> You know, just, just like in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll all make sense in a couple of uh, thousand years. Uh, but And Morgana's like, my fate was sealed um, before I was even born, or determined, or whatever. So, Morgana grows up, 
so she's like six years old and she grows up believing that she's a saint and that she had some kind of powers that she was a child she was actually the child of god this is like 600 ad right oh i don't remember i don't know if i ever saw a date there isn't a date. But it's not that long ago because this is the city. I think I I, I did some I, I did I did some Wikipedia traveling and I think I can trace the plague that happens later to to a real plague. Mm-hmm. So, I guess my point being like I don't know if people this early on and then like this close to like you know what I mean like it, it, like would be like know that you're saying your kid is basically another Christ child and that's like really fucking blasphemous and uh, I think you're probably gonna get killed or something you know that's my take on that personally yeah but then the miracle actually happened when she was born so that's what yeah. changed people's minds yeah but still but there's a lot of heresies during this like the first millennia is just like constant small villages having a heresy of some sort she keeps repeating that it's a very religious time, like everyone's religious, and that's why when, when people start believing that she is the child of God, then people who don't believe that are punished. Mm-hmm. And it's not like universally accepted, it's just like the village for the first part thinks that she is. Do we have any clues up to where this takes place, Owen? So she ends up in the same place where the village was, yeah, which is in France, in France. And I think it's probably in, on the border between France and, and Italy, just because of some other things that happen. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Fata Morgana. Fata Morgana. <laughs> so, uh, things really uh, get fucked when uh, <laughs> Morgana, she wants to, like, people are doubting her and she wants to prove that she has powers and that she's, she is a saint. And she talks about that at that time, blood was really unclean. And so she was like, but I'm a saint, so if I have, I have holy blood, so my blood should be able to heal people. And so she gives an old woman who is dying some of her blood uh, to show that she has saintly powers. And later, that woman had regained enough health to get out of bed. And, uh, and Morgana, as the narrator, is like, I don't think, you know, I don't think it actually had any power. I think it was just, the, you know, the placebo effect, basically. Um, and her faith was just so strong that she was able to temporarily recover. And, um, but after that happened, it was seen as a miracle. This happened when Morgana was six years old. And after that, people started coming all over the place to receive her, her holy blood. And she does this for three years and uh she ends up her arms are all covered in uh cuts all the time and so she keeps them under bandages all the time and and everyone is like wow she's such a she's such a saint that she endures this to heal people and uh and then one day she's fucking nine years old i don't know how she learned about religion like this much to like do these saintly things um i guess that was just you know People just learned more about it earlier from outside sources because the fact that her mom like doesn't believe it at all, just it just seemed like that should have rubbed off on her a little bit more. I don't know. It's just odd to me. It seemed like her mom believed it, but like her mom, her mom was like, "Hey, why don't we get paid for this too?" Yeah, and also yeah. her mom knows that she had sex with a dude. Like she knows yeah. that part's a lie. Yeah, <laughs> and so her mom's like, "Why are you doing this for free?" She keeps up the thing that she she believes she's 
the child of God because her mom keeps telling her that. Yeah. yeah. Her mom at least lies to her. I, th- I think her mom, like, also, like, after a couple of, like, these quote-unquote miracles coincidences, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe I got it right. She also says something interesting that she says is that, um, yeah, she keeps, uh, her hands are full of cats, but, but she actually felt good about that because it, it, really, uh, it, it make, made her feel superior to, any, to everyone else. Yeah, Morgana's internal monologue, even as a child, is very full of herself. Like, she, she w- always believed she was better than other people. Uh, the, the President Morgana said that this proved that she wasn't actually the, son, the, the daughter of God, because if she actually wasn't, then she wouldn't feel superior. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is, like, kind of fundamental towards... It, it's a really... There's a lot of Catholic tropes in this, and a lot of fundamental parts of that is, like, the idea of self-sacrifice to make yourself feel above people. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, that's a big part of the religion. You know, it's a, it's a <laughs> recurrent theme in a lot of, uh, maybe not like the actual religion, but like a lot of the ways that people misinterpret it for their own good. Yeah. Hmm. So when Morgana's mother is like, we should start charging for this, Morgana's like, no, like, why would we charge for this? Like, I'm a saint. That's not what being a saint is about. And literally the next day, Morgana is sold by her mother. Hmm. <laughs> And she like so she like she sees her get like in like the most like you know obvious you know like thing of like oh I could see her get a thing full of coins like she got a pouch of coins like, it's just a little bit on the head there yeah yeah so she's transported um, I think there's like a parallel between Morgana's experience of being transported and Giselle's experience of being transported um, but Morgana is transported to, for three weeks uh, and then she's delivered to a lord. She decides to trace a trial from God. Yes, she still believes she's the child of God and that God is, uh, you know, testing her. So this Lord says that she will be performing miracles for him now. And she's like, well, you know, the teaching of God says that you should give away your possessions and live a holy life. And he gets mad at her for saying that, so he ties her up and... Uh, cuts her and gives her blood to others without her permission. Mm. And he just, like, sort of keeps her as this sort of uh, blood puppet or <laughs> to, to just, like... What do they What do they call him in Mad Max? Remember? Blood oh, bag. Oh, yeah, blood bag. Yeah, yeah literally yeah. that. And yeah. uh, for High a octane. long time... Yeah. <laughs> so for a long time, she's just, like, a, she's just tied up and is a source of blood. And uh, she says that her her spirit becomes twisted over time, and uh, and one day some pe- they're having a big banquet, and uh, some people she like she's in so much pain and blood loss that she doesn't really know what's going on, and uh, but one day some people yell some stuff at her and say that she's a witch, and the Lord comes up to her and is like, "You're a witch hiding in saint's clothing," and she doesn't really understand. She said she was transformed and. Yeah. When, when I first read it, I was sure that her transformation was that she got white hair. Didn't turn out to be that way. Oh, yeah. Um, and just this part uh, reminds me also a lot of Alessa from Silent Hill. Just, like, in terms of the whole, like, the whole thing. The whole unnecessary suffering. That, like, kind of ran together. Like, I don't know. All the Silent Hills are, like, a big mush in my head. Because, like, what is Celeste's deal again? She's the girl from the first one. 
that oh, yeah. had said to have the the hate baby. Uh, it was set on fire by her mother. Yeah, yeah that, I remember that part. Anyway, I'm sorry. But, so uh, uh, then the story breaks um, right as uh, Morgan is about to die in the flashback, and uh, suddenly Michelle is back on the staircase. Uh, and he falls down, and he reaches out his hand, and it is also covered in blood. Everything's the staircase is covered in blood. He's covered in blood. Everything's covered in blood. Blood, blood, blood. It's a lot. There's a lot of blood. <laughs> See, at this point, I was I was a bit confused because like, wasn't the arm already covered in blood from the you know the roses? Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was just Morgana playing like, ah, I did magic, and now your arms fucked up like mine was but really it was just the roses but I guess no it's actual empathy yeah Morgana mocks him for going through so much pain in order to experience empathy Uh, and the story continues she's like you thought I died there but I didn't actually die at that moment and uh, she said at that moment the, the lord's slaves revolted and started attacking everyone at the party, so the lord did not was not able to kill her because he, there was immediately like this huge uprising. Someone bumped into him was the exact reasoning. Yeah, it was, it's real, like, this is all really like a movie. I love Morgana's story because it is just coincidence after coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that's the whole theme of her whole thing, right? It's just like, out of all the people in history, all these horrible coincidences happen to me, and yeah. like that's my life. Um, she mentions that like if if she did die here, she probably wouldn't have like cursed everyone the way she did. Uh, but her her life continued on and yeah. got worse. Yeah. So one of the slaves uh, rescues her, basically. And brings her to a brothel because there's a bunch of women there who can take care of her. Um, and she's now 12 years old at this point. And she's like, ew, no. Yeah, at first she's really against it. Um, and she comes, to, but the everyone in the brothel is really su- super nice to her, obviously. And they take care of her and she comes to care for all of them. Um, when she arrives... The only way, like... This boy is able to like to convince her to like that he is not trying to also make her like sell her body. Is he has to make her look in the mirror and be like, "Look, no one's interested in you. Even if I, even if you don't believe me, take a look." And she sees that her face is like horribly scarred, um, presumably from the the Lord's like torture. It's decaying. Like, that, that, that's the transformation that she underwent. Yeah, that's, yes. the tra- that's the transformation. So her face is decaying and, like, falling off. The skin on her face is falling off. Yeah, she's had so much blood loss that her skin's, like, peeling off. Yeah. I, I think it just happened all at once, like, at that banquet, when, and that's when people called the witch. It just happened. Yeah, and she, she says, like, oh, I can see now why, they, why no one would want to call me a, a saint. You know, no saint would have this face. Like, what the fuck, Morgana? But... That's the one thing that's never explained. She doesn't try to explain it in any reasonable way. And the face thing never goes away. Like, well, she's nope. like, during her year of recovery at the brothel, like, a lot of her wounds heal. Um, and they, they get her, like, lotion and stuff. But her face never heals. Yeah, so everything else that happens to her that looks like magic, she tries to reason away, saying it was just coincidence. But she can't do that mm. about, about the face thing, so... I'm not sure what's going on there. I don't know. I feel like we could have looked it up. Um, 
if it's some kind of like uh you know infection caused by having open wounds all the time yeah i don't want to look that up not it's not leprosy right it could be no it, i don't know that you catch leprosy just from activities right isn't that just more an actual disease and you don't transform in a single moment from any disease i think yeah nothing nothing would ever really explain that yeah, there's not. I I don't know what face skin fall off disease is, and and it's interesting that it's just her face, face leprosy. Yeah, versus her rest of her body. These are all a bunch of things you should not Google. No, I don't. Don't don't Google face fall off oh, disease. Hold on. All right. So, Sudden necrosis doesn't usually just happen in the face. So, so everybody at the brothel is nice to her. The slave that brought her there like comes back and checks oh. on her. And he's like, one day I'm going to like take you out of here and I'll show you the world. And, you know, he pities her. And Morgana slowly starts to realize that she can just be a regular human. Like, she doesn't have to be a saint. But she was like, oh, but I still thought that I had powers, even though, uh, you know, I was just living a normal life. She was like, I must I must still have powers. She wouldn't mm. let go of that. What? Did you Google it? Yeah. Uh, likely culprit is Steven Johnson syndrome and or toxic epidermal necrolysis, which can happen from infections, among other things. I mean, if you're getting cut in the early, in the, that first millennia, there's a distinct possibility you're going to get infected. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. There's, their list first has top 10 gruesome disfiguring diseases. So, you know. Anyway, sorry. With pictures. Frody. It, yep. Great. Anyway. So, uh, right as she's starting to uh, kind of get used to being in the brothel... She also learns the important lesson that prostitutes aren't just doing it for greed, but because <laughs> the life is hard. Yeah. Yeah, she she respects them and, and understands them and everything and, and how they're good people and everything. And uh, But that night, uh, bandits attack the brothel and Morgana is kidnapped and sold again. On her birthday, and uh, so she's on a she's being transported again with a large group of people, um, on the and they're all uh, in a carriage together, and uh, she's s- happens to look up and finds herself sitting across from uh, a, a man who asks her why are, why are you so sad, and she says because she never got to thank the people who were kind to her. And he's like, oh, okay. And then uh, a little bit later, uh, the man, the, like a guard comes up and is like, shut up. And the man uh, fights the guard, disarms him, and starts killing all the guards. And um, he's, he's fucking, I don't know. Um, it's a very action movie sequence. He John Wicks all the way out of there. And uh, and then all the guards are dead. And all the people in the in the the carriage are like, thank you for freeing us, and then he turns around and kills all of them one by one, to their horror, except for Morgana. Yeah. I knew immediately who that was, because when she first looks at him, she says that uh, the shape of his eyes is strange. Yeah. So, obviously, an Asian man. And he, before he, he, he so he, he kills everyone who's tied, they're all, because they're all tied up, they're all chained up, and he kills all of them one at a time, yeah, it kills all the guards and all the, like, slaves. Yeah, and he asks Morgana, why didn't you run? And she says, why'd you kill them? 
And he says, I don't know. And then he leaves. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very gruesome in the fact that like, she looks down and sees half of someone's face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So suddenly Michelle is back on the steps again. There's more blood. There's dead bodies, like, coming up out of the blood, pulling on him, trying to pull him into the blood river. And he keeps climbing those those blood stairs. <laughs> and Morgana says, If you feel bad for me, then you'll remain with me, won't you? So she's basically saying, like, Why don't the both of you stay with me forever? Because I'm sad and lonely, and I want people to be here with me and understand me. Um, but she won't really come out and say it, I think, because she's just, like, so full of hate. And, uh, Michelle is, is dragged down into the ocean of blood and as the story continues. Uh, after, after she left the caravan, Morgana wandered around for a while. She found a, a, a lake and next to it there was a house and inside the house was an old woman who had recently passed away. And that woman was a witch by profession, so there was a bunch of, like, herbs and stuff in, in the house. And uh, Morgana uh, disposed of the body in the lake. Uh, although, no, I mean, really, it's just, like, putting someone to rest, because um, she was already dead. And uh, Morgana lived alone in the witch's cottage for four years, until she was 16. And then she says, By 16, a terrible cynicism had taken root in my heart. And I, and I thought that was funny because that happens to all of us, regardless of what our backgrounds are. It's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About middle school, yeah. Yeah, so finally, uh, one day, a handsome young man came to the cottage asking for medicine. He had flaxen hair. Um, he, he kept coming back to try a number of things for his sister, who was dying. And uh, he wanted to, he, he wanted to get to know... Morgana, and at first she was like, no, but then eventually she agrees to come out and see him, and they go on a walk around the lake together, and she tells him, foolishly tells him about her past, and, uh, as a, as a healing saint, uh, and says, you know, try offering her healing saint blood to his sister. And Morgana in the narration says, because they believed, the sister was healed enough to get out of bed, but she was, I mean, she didn't, she wasn't, wasn't really going to save like her. A couple days later, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, she's right back to being sick. So the boy keeps coming back and asking blood for blood, and, and Morgana's, like, actually kind of happy about it because she gets to actually help someone again, and she's like, I hope this helps, you know, but it's not helping forever. And over time, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, healing her completely. And so the, she says the young man started to, to lose faith in her and grow disgusted because, I mean, it was blood after all. Uh, is he just giving his dying sister some blood? Yeah, that's what you're doing, bro. Sorry. Yeah. And he is the only one that, uh, Morgana showed her face to. Yeah. She just like cracks the door open. He's the only one who knows about the Miracle Blood, also. Right. The Miracle what? The Miracle Blood. Oh, uh, yes. Because then, one day, someone else arrives at the door and says, Are you the witch with the Miracle Blood? And she recognizes him as the murderer from the caravan. 
And she's like, no, go away. And uh, later, the flaxen-haired boy... She says, like, she says, though, that, like, she didn't... That, like, she calmly explained it to him. It's like, I don't want to give it to you because you're a murderer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) P.S. Please don't murder me. Yeah, later, the flaxen-haired boy arrives, and he's like, oh, can you open the door? And she opens the door, and he's there with the the man, uh, Yukimasa. And uh, the murderer uh, cuts off Morgana's arm and hands the arm to the flaxen-haired boy uh, and says, here's your share. In my notes, I wrote nothing personal, kid. Because <laughs> he fucking yep. is like, I'm just doing this for money or for the Lord. Uh, and Oh, he Lord's does it for the church. Me. The lady at yeah. the church. The, he needs her blood or yeah she'll lose her church so this this woman that he I guess respects or cares about or loves or something uh, is a woman who runs the hospital and she is called the coincidentally s- she loves ham sandwiches <laughs> and she's called <laughs> the saintess which made me think she's Maria actually yeah it does make me think that also because of the, the note Maria found with her own uh, handwriting which might come from here. That's true. Mm. Which is also what makes me think this is in the, uh, on the border between Italy and and France. Yeah. So uh, Yukimasa says to Morgana, "You get to you get to be the sacrifice to keep her world from collapsing." And Morgana is, of course, immediately like deeply jealous of that there's this woman called the Saintess who's healing people but is obviously a fraud and she was actually healing people and she was actually a saint and and this is what happened to her and she just you know doesn't understand why she's not she doesn't get to help run a hospital instead this woman actually sounds like a good person though at least the way she's described yeah, it sounds like she doesn't really, she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, it, it sounds, she says that she, she, yeah, she helps everyone without asking for anything, anything back. Yeah, but they bring in some, they bring in another woman eventually who has her arm cut off and then they trust her up and take her blood and it doesn't seem like this woman's objecting to that. Yeah. Uh, we don't know if she knows or not, but. Yeah. If she's Maria in the future, then she probably definitely knew. If she's. Uh, Pauline in the future, then she probably didn't know. <laughs> Maybe she's both. <laughs> Maybe she's both. Mm. See, I think Pauline got the raw end of the the stick in the in the uh, future compared to Maria. Yeah, Pauline didn't deserve it. Anything bad happened to Maria, though? I think Maria just got away with it, right? I mean, she, she got shot. Got killed. Also. Oh, did she? I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, her uh, dad got killed by Jacobo's dad. Yeah, her whole family got destroyed. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, never mind then. She's fine. So, um, yeah, so Morgana's brought to the Lord at the top of the observation tower. So I guess the, this mansion is the Lord's mansion? Well, they describe it as, like, they, they say it's a church, but it turns out that it's actually a mansion, and I think it's just the mansion, which I don't know is, it, it doesn't seem like it is the Lord's mansion. It seems like he has maybe another mansion. Yeah. Like, it's not the first place she was at. It seems like a secondary place. Yeah, they say it's, just, it's outside of the town, which makes sense because it was outside of the village in Chapter 5. Yeah. So she is uh, chained up at the top of the observation tower, um, and the Lord starts selling her blood as a miracle elixir, not telling anyone that it's blood. Mixing with red wine. Yeah, and in order to keep her in the tower... 
The lord, the swordsman, and the young man each held one of three keys. <sighs> this is a lot. I feel like the, I feel like the lord and the swordsman would like not include the young man in their plans beyond this point, but I don't know. This honestly, I feel like is all kind of nonsense. Yeah, this is kind of a fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. So uh, one day. She says the church bell rang, and on the twelfth chime, she died. And uh, she said that as she, when she died, her soul left her body, and she saw the three men enter, see that she's dead, and argue over whose fault it was, uh, and they didn't even grieve her death. And uh, And she found herself so consumed with hatred that suddenly, outside... The the boy's sister uh, dies. She starts vomiting up blood, and uh, she, she she made a wish, and she believes that the actual one true miracle happens to her. Yeah, yes. she said her father or the devil. Yeah, one of the two granted her wish curse. And uh, the, when the the boy's sister dies suddenly like that, he exclaims, "The witch killed her!" And he basically spills the beans to everyone that the wine elixir is the witch's blood, and then he kills himself with uh, a fork, silver fork to the throat. That's right, Jesus. Um, so then the a crowd is whipped up, and they go to kill the the nun who has been uh, the saintess. Who's been, you know, giving this this elixir out? Uh, but the swordsman goes to defend her, and both of them are killed by the crowd. Finally, the crowd calls for the Lord's head. He watches all of it from the observation tower, and then finally comes down to address everyone. And it sounds like he's like gonna go out to give a speech or something, but he just walks outside and is killed immediately. Yeah. I sort of read it as him be like, "Well, I can't really. I'm fucked at this point," and. Let me go get killed, but he gets killed before he can even make it out the door. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, after that, a plague came to the city. In less than a week, the entire city was dead. And uh, that was the dead city that Giselle found herself in later that was taken over by the uh, anarcho-communist people. <laughs> yep. I love um, Morgana's uh, like coincidental explanation for all this was that you know, everyone was drinking her blood, and because she was just being kept in a tower malnourished and all that, that she probably developed some disease that was spread on through the blood to everyone else. And yeah. Yeah. The, uh, what was the sister's name? Nellie. Um, she just probably succumbed to that because she was weak already at the most inopportune time. Yeah. So. So, Morgana after dying was not she was not satisfied with those three men just dying um and she wished for the them to meet the fates that we saw in the three opening chapters and she wants to curse them and torture them for all eternity and she wants Michelle to curse them with her uh we after after that after the story ends uh, it, it's in, it's interesting to hear her reasoning for the specific curses so, like, for Mel, uh, who really loves uh, his sister, she, she wished that his, his, his sister would love him back, but a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> it was very specific. <laughs> they were very specific curses, like all the little details. And then for Yukimasa, she wished she would become even more of a beast and never could become a man again. Even though he wanted to, yeah. 
And for um, what's his name? Jackofo. Jackofo. <laughs> Jackofo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who wanted like money and fame? She wished that that's all he could ever ha- ever have. But it won't mm. be satisfying. Yeah, it's very like uh, Aesop's Fables. It's all like you know, it's like oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna get the thing you really want, but then it isn't gonna fulfill you, or it's gonna be you know the opposite. It's gonna be, you know we'll have a whole monkey monkey's paw thing here. Yeah, as I was thinking, the monkey's like gotcha. Ha <laughs> how's, how's it taste? Oh. I was really curious why she didn't, like, curse her own mom. That sort of, like... Yeah. One, started this whole thing, but also did sell her off to slavery. Yeah. 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 You'd think, right? Uh, and I was like, okay, maybe that's Giselle. What if, she, like, when she was retelling the story to Michelle, she was like, Oh, the mom! Oh, what did I do? <laughs> like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Knew I forgot something. Okay, crossing that out, new list. I have four people. Four people you have to curse with me. The story ends and Michelle is back on the stairs. Uh, The colors start to invert to indicate that he is in excruciating physical pain. And Morgana's like, no one can endure this pain except me. And she starts tempting him to turn around. She's like, no one would begrudge you for turning around now. It's fine. It's fine. Also, his arm is cut off. Yeah, yes, his arm has been cut off like hers, and he's like, no, I gotta keep going for her, and he says, like, I'm just a regular man in love with a regular woman, and I'm gonna fight for her, um, so that was, that's very sweet, and, um, Morgana's like, no, I want you and Giselle to stay with me for all eternity and torture these three men, and Michelle's Arrives, he arrives at the door at the top of the tower, and he's like, I'm sorry that I didn't ask you about this sooner. That's on me. That was my bad. I, <laughs> I should have cared about you at all, ever. No, it's not. No. What? I'm sorry if it made you upset that, that I didn't ask you questions about your backstory. I mean, if I resurrected a witch with my despair, I feel like I would ask her about her backstory, but I, to each their own. I mean, yeah, maybe, but also... You resurrected her just as a voice in your head. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, presumably she also performed a, a miracle as described in this letter that we're about to read. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. And uh, just a lesson to you kids. If you ever resurrect a voice in your head, be sure to get its backstory first. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely yeah. backstory. I mean, this was this was supposed to be, like, you know, hinted at the beginning of the chapter when... Uh, Giselle's like, oh, you should get to know people better that you're living with. And it's kind of neat that they, like, I guess hinted at it, but it's a little weird that they hinted at it in the same chapter. Mm-hmm. Instead of a little bit earlier. Uh-huh. So finally, Michelle enters the door to the observation tower and instead finds himself in the master bedroom. Giselle is there, but and it's really her, but... Uh, presumably. I'm not sure if this is really her. She's not happy. And, uh, Morgana... She didn't make any sarcastic or quips. Mm -hmm. No. And, uh, and Morgana has dialogue like she's in the room, too, but out of frame. And, uh, Morgana, uh, starts calling out Michelle and is like, you didn't even say all this other stuff. You haven't, you haven't even acknowledged, like, your whole backstory, your backstory. You didn't tell her anything. And he's like, what? And he, and she's like, you are the white-haired girl. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not the white-haired girl. And Morgana's like, yes, you are. You came here all those times and you didn't remember and you had fun with all those men. 
<laughs> and uh, Giselle says, I saw the letter, the one that was that was blacked out with ink. Morgana showed it to me. And Giselle says, uh, you're not actually a man at all, are you? And she says, you're disgusting. And I would have believed that this is really Giselle's, like, genuine reaction until she says that he's disgusting. Yeah. I, mm. I find it very difficult to believe that Giselle would be upset about this. Michelle is, like, screaming at her this entire time, like, stop. And yeah. actually just screaming, ah. But. Yeah, so I think this is Morgana's final test. Yeah, we have evidence to the contrary, too, because Giselle has already acknowledged that if Michelle was a woman in, in like, those other time periods, she didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's you're true. Because right. she fell in love with the white-haired girl. She was yeah. like, oh, it's you. Yeah, she was just like, hey, it's been so long. I don't I don't care what form you come back to me in. Wh- whatever you are is who I'm in love with. Yeah. So then we get to see the letter that Michelle wrote to his mom. And uh, one of the one of the lines is, I know you are aware that my body is no longer female. Um, and uh, presumably this was, in fact, the miracle that Morgana performed uh, because they didn't have sex reassignment surgery in 1099. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then I guess, you know, he sent that letter to his mom, which was like, basically like, Mom, I'm trans. I'm coming back as a boy like you, but I want you to accept me. Please accept me. I love you. And instead... She sent the Crusades. Well, and it was also I. My name. I'm. I'm Michelle now, not Michelle. Yeah, yeah. that's the big one. Um, so instead of accepting him, doesn't she say it says something like I, I was always your son. I was never your daughter. Yeah, always. I was always your son. Yeah. 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 And it was very like coming out to mom kind of letter and um, very strongly like that. Yeah. Then Michelle was killed by the Crusades for being trans. The seventh door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's uh, Fata Morgana. Yeah. And there was a little, like, I think any ambiguity beforehand is sort of definitely cleared up by the fact that, number one, it's only been 10 years. Uh, Michelle's 27. So this is not some, like, you know, child who... Like something went on. Like this is not some like you know intersex thing. It's this is a seventeen-year-old at the time perceived to be um, female uh, now changes, and that's like this isn't like this is very much a trans story. This is not any other kind of like the the ambiguity now is gone. You know exactly Mm -hmm. what it is. Yep. Yeah. So it is kind of funny that um, uh, Morgana was just uh, like you're you're the white-haired girl. You you're you're, you were born female and kept using the um, male pronouns. Yeah, Morgana. Mm. <laughs> Morgana, respectful to the very end. Mor- Morgana, like, really wants to taunt your, your dysphoria, but will respect your pronouns. Morgana said trans rights. <laughs> yeah. She's like, listen, I may be bad, but I'm not a fucking turf, okay? Yeah, yeah. exactly. God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Morgana's a redeemable character. <laughs> I, I should check, but that's probably a translation choice, because I don't think in Japanese yeah. they did end. Yeah, I, I don't imagine they used... <laughs> you don't you don't have to use like pronouns in Japanese, you usually don't, so... Mm. Right. Mm. So it can be kept ambiguous longer, too. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the same in any way. So the next story 
will be the, the seventh door, 1086 through question mark, question mark, question mark, which will finally be the backstory of Michelle. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Is this the last chapter? Because I don't know where yeah, else. They- right? Yeah, the eight and the eighth one is supposed to be really long. Yeah, I, I assume after we know the backstory, there will be like some climax. I just, I guess the only reason I'm, I'm like thinking that is like I don't really know where else they could go after this chapter. Oh, I think I think we got to redeem Morgana. I think we got to redeem Morgana after this. I think they're gonna help her through the power of their love. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing I learned through all these chapters, it's that you just gotta talk it out, <laughs> and that's how it's going to work. Excuse me, sir. I know you've cut my arm off, but we should really discuss this matter. But we've had a thousand years to think about it, so how are you feeling now? <laughs> There's a lot of emphasis in this chapter, too, about how everyone's dead. Like, Morgana's like, we're all dead. Like, what does it matter? Like, all of us are dead. Like, none of this is happening in the real world. Um, we're all just ghosts. And mm. um, and so I, I wonder if there's going to be some additional meaning sort of put into into it. I, I hope that it ends with all of them being able to reincarnate and live a peaceful life. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is the game that goes for a happy ending or for something really depressing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Morgana... I don't know what Morgana's ending is gonna be. Like, I feel like... At first, I like, at the end of the previous session, I thought, oh, they're gonna have to kill her. Like, there's no way. But after hearing about how she talks about her, her own backstory... It's definitely like leaving the door open that Morgana could have a happier ending. Well, I know there's sort of at least more story to tell meta-wise because there is House and Fata Morgana Requiem for Innocence. No, I mean, that's it. There is a separate game that came out. Yeah, but I don't think it's a sequel. I think it's like... I mean, I'm not sure if it's a sequel or prequel or what, but it is in some way related, so there's... yeah. Yeah, there's stuff. That's what you mean, right? There's stuff. There's stuff. There's more content. There's stuff. There's a secret extra ninth door. I think I, I, I think it's in this this release that you have. That after you finish, there's also some short stories to read. Oh boy. That's like about making some of the characters have more depth or something. Wait, in in the game? Yeah, I, I think it's in your the release you have. You have some of those. Oh. I don't know if I want to know any more about any of these characters after at this point, honestly. Here's how we decided how big to make Giselle's breasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's very distracting. So if you thought there was only one miracle in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the man in the painting? Still don't know that. We know we don't know Michelle's backstory. My guess is it's the painter from the Mel episode. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Oh yeah. That's a pretty good. But he he's also someone else. Like he's not just the painter from the Mel episode. No, he's he's probably shown up a couple times. So I, I read a little ahead in on the plane, so I know who the man depending is. I won't say anything. I was thinking it might be like Merlin because you know Fata Morgana. This might be like a Morgan Le Fay situation. But if I keep thinking that same thing too, but they're really not. They're not going heavy with they're, it. Yeah, it's not. And especially like I was trying to figure this out through the timeline, like. Morgan Le Fay would not have been in, like, the 600s or wherever when, uh, what's-her-face, when Morgana was actually doing stuff, so. Yeah. Arthurian legend does not really tie in as much as I thought it was from chapter one. 
So what do we think about Morgana's story? It kind of sucks. It sucks because she she isn't able to be at peace after she dies. Like I feel like with the whole with all the build up, like the, the story could have also ended with like, and then I was finally able to die, and then I was finally able to be at peace. But she never gets to be at peace. I feel like I don't know. It's like Giselle tells her story, and then it's like, okay, hold my beer, and you're, yeah. you, you know, you think you 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 think you had a, a tragic backstory. Well, listen to this, honey. Morgana's just the classic one-upper, but it it, it like kind of got a little wacky too, where it's like, then my mom got mad at me, or not mad at me, but then my mom sold me that day. And it's like, really? Why? Didn't she think she could at least get more money out of you? Like, that just seems like kind of... Like, some of the things that were happening seemed like cruel for cruelty's sake. Yeah. It's yeah. torture porn a lot. Like, we don't have to see it, but yeah, just the idea of it. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's just like, all right, we're going to cut off your arm now. Like, gotcha! You know? That's what you get for messing with the Saintus. Uh, yeah. I mean, and it, there, there's also a point where it's just like, Hey, Morgana, it has been a thousand years, although I guess time doesn't really flow well in this, but, you know, it, it sucks. The life was shit, but... Well, it's also, also, you know, and this is maybe just like, like a silly kind of nitpick, but like, I don't think you're going to live through getting your arm cut off in that time period. Yeah. You know, like, just, that's not happening. There's a lot of little things like that that don't make sense. Um, but it's also, I think, just meant to kind of set it up as, like, of all the people that have ever lived in all of human history, like, what, you know, in terms of where you're like, well, what are the odds? Well, those are the odds, right? And, like, one of yeah. them became an angry ghost who it lives in this mansion. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of a, a cliche, like, the idea that, like, okay, this person was so wronged, by nothing of their own doing that they ex that they exist on in the afterlife as this being of pure hate like there is whatever made them a person is gone as being this really evil being despite trying to be so good in the yes i mean even though we know her like deep down she thought she was better than everyone else but but she didn't really do anything wrong she was just like you know she was still a child even if she thought she was better than everyone she was just like there's no crime there right and to be yeah and to be fair too it's like if you're told by everyone in your whole group as a child, like, hey, you were, uh, you know, you're, you're the next, you're the next Jesus, but, you know, whatever. That's why I can't really, like, fault her through all these, like, coincidences. It's like, yeah. no, I mean, like, you're a child that, like, everyone was telling you that you're a, a saint, and then you, you try and, you're like, all right, let's, let's try and one miracle, see if this works. And it does. They're like, well, shit. Yeah, I mean, you know. If she had picked anything other than her blood, her life would have been a lot different. <laughs> yeah. Well, like spit? Yeah, hair. Yeah. I mean, and God, tears. I'm so parched. <laughs> anything else. I think the bigger thing is, like, she doesn't get to develop into a person. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, Nirvana, uh, Nirvana, Morgana never becomes, like, an actual character. She just exists as this tortured being who then hates everything. Like, there's no, like, moment where, like, she develops personality. Would you say it's unearned? What was that? Would you say it's unearned? 
It's 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 more tr- it's just so tropey that yeah I don't I don't know that it's earned I don't think, think there's yeah. any really development here this is just this is just a person okay in order to explain these other characters that have existed that we've uh, experienced a lot more of Morgana is this person who's been tortured by then just solely as a means to an end. Mm. I there is a point actually when um uh Morgana is is taunting Michelle towards the end and she's just like go ahead and say it, you know, uh, and she's like, um, go ahead and say that, you know, my life sucked, but it doesn't affect you or Giselle. And it's kind of right. Like Michelle's had no part in this. Why does he have to? Yeah. Because it, like, it doesn't like at some point, like you can have empathy for a person, but what the fuck does it have to do with these two people? Right. Yeah. And again, the mom. Why did you not torture the mom? <laughs> and in the realm, like, also when you're looking at it over, like, a thousand years and, like, all of human existence, the fact that something fucked up happened to her in her life, I mean, how many millions of people over the course of human history have had an equally fucked up life? Also, especially back then, where you could just, like, kill someone and no one would know and there's no consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely feels like like, it feels like, for that reason, it feels like death should have been her way to finally be at peace, to escape the horrible existence that had been her life. Yeah. I also, like, I feel like the time frame, this bothers me with Giselle, too, also, where it's like, I'm just going to have my consciousness for hundreds of years. And it's like, I, you know, in the same place, like, I know, I don't, I, I don't know how it works exactly, but I don't feel like you would be you, real, you know what I mean? Like, it, you'd crack up or something would happen, I don't mm-hmm. know. You Or you'd have some kind of weird perspective on it that, you know, I don't know. They are dead. I think there's an element to that as well, that they're, because they're dead, they're just spirits, and it's more like, you are just, you are just yourself, continued. I, but- but I feel like, I'm just saying, like, in Stein's Gate, Rintaro had to do it, like, a hundred times, and then he's, like, cracking up, and, like, I, you know, consequence-free yeah. world, this is all, you know what I mean? Because, uh, having to do it over and over and over again. But again, again, it's not, this is honestly not a huge deal, you know? It, you could, you know, you could plot spackle it no matter how you wanted, but, like, it's just one of those things. It is such a tremendous time skip, yeah. Like, it didn't, it doesn't necessarily need to have been. She didn't need to spend 500 years, like, alone by herself with nothing else happening right it, it to me it feels like and you know, just the game in general like i really like the story of uh michelle and, and giselle and how this story is going to take place over a long period of time and then it kind of feels like morgana's more the you know the, it's just a, a plot mechanism more than a character mm. Yeah, I mean, she's the villain in a horror movie, so maybe for that reason she needs to die at the end so they can escape. And, like, it's like, oh, it's sympathetic, but ultimately she has to be defeated. But they can't escape, right? I mean, they're dead. They, I mean, I, they would go to heaven, huh? That's what Morgana keeps telling them, but... Oh, yeah, maybe they're not dead. Yeah, I mean, that, that's we only get that information from Morgana, so... Oh, yeah, they could be, like, they could be vampires, yeah. Or just they could escape her influence and whatever's going on right now, whatever yeah. the life this is. Chapter 8. No, it actually is vampires for real this time. <laughs> I think when they leave the mansion, they're going to d- die and be reincarnated, but in a good way. That's what I think. And then it'll be, like, and then it'll, I don't know. That also opens up, like, a weird, 
a weird like reincarnation where it's like you know as your reward michelle now you finally get to be reincarnated as a cis man which like would also be weird so i'm actually not sure what i how i want them to end up yeah this is i'm sure it'll be more ambiguous it'll just be like them as we've seen them but they're in like you know it's like 1995 and they're in like cool skater clothes or whatever and then they're gonna get resurrected and they're gonna finally have an a happy life uh, Michelle is going to be named uh, Jean Valjean. And... <laughs> uh, I'm sure they'll have a, an okay life together. I guess in the in the present time, much better than the previous one for sure. But I guess mm-hmm. we'll have to find out about that one next time. Yeah, next yes. time the seventh door, Michelle's story. Yay. Yeah. Ominous door closing sound. <laughs>